was on, and then you had me on. Like, Here we go. Now it started up. Welcome on in to Sports Talk with Josh Marion and Friends. This is episode 58, and I got my boy, the Reverend Christian Arcan of 98.5 The Sports Hub alongside with me. How you doing today, man? Doing good, uh, Josh. Nice to be back. Uh, nice to uh, be talking with you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Um, we're going to start off talking Patriots and NFL, obviously. And um, I'm just going to start off with a real basic question for you, the most basic question I could ask you. Are you happy with the Mac Jones pick? Oh, yeah, definitely. I was very happy with that pick. He's not the exact quarterback I wanted, but I was happy that they picked the quarterback. I was uh, really worried that they weren't going to do anything and just come back with Cam Newton and Jared Stidham again, and I don't think anybody wanted to see that outside of those two guys and their families. <laughs> like, it's just why would you why would you want to subject yourself to that all over again? Mac Jones isn't my number one guy, and he wasn't anyone's number one guy, really. You saw that in the way that he fell in the draft, but uh, – I think that there's real potential there. I think that he's the type of guy that can uh, can be molded by Bill and coached up by Bill and Josh McDaniels, hopefully. And I just hope that they use him this year. I hope that they don't uh, stick with Cam for another whole season and do this redshirt thing. Mike Lombardi was talking about, oh, yeah, 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 it's going to be a redshirt year for Mac Jones, which may have just been a smokescreen, but there may have been some truth to it. Lombardi knows this stuff when it comes to Bill and, I don't know. I'm just worried that that might be the case. But as far as the pick's concerned, again, not my top choice, but I'm very happy they picked a quarterback. They had to, and if they hadn't, it would have been negligent, I think. Now, um, when would you start Mac Jones? Would you just start him straight off, right off the bat if you had it your way or wait a couple weeks and then I don't know if you want, uh, if you want him going against Tom Brady in that week four matchup, but um, – when would, when would when ideally would you think you would start him? I just assume go ahead and start him week one. I don't think they will, and I don't think their reason for not doing it is a terrible one either. I think the reason why they're not going to start him week one is because, well, there's a couple of reasons, but I think the main one is if you start Mac Jones week one and he sucks and he's like, he just, he can't do anything. You know what I mean? Like if he goes out there and he's like, you remember that Sam Darnold game where he's like, I'm seeing ghosts, I can't do anything because the Patriots boogeymen were picking him off every two seconds and sacking him. You remember that? Like, if Mac Jones goes out there and has an experience like that, that could derail his whole career, you know? Like, if you go out there and you're the starter right away, week one, and you suck, that can derail your career, not just your career, but the next three, four, five years of Patriots football because they don't have a quarterback and their quarterback in the future is a bust. So that's, that's something that Bill obviously wants to avoid. I think everybody would want to avoid that. And the safer route would be to sort of ease him in. You have Cam Newton, and Cam Newton stinks, obviously, but if he goes out there in the first month and has three or four bad games, you can bring in Mac Jones and it's no problem. He's coming in and it's sort of you know playing with house money. He doesn't have all the pressure of being the day one starter. And I think that there's something to that. Uh, you know, you have a chance to sort of work with them and say, okay, well, this season's kind of out of reach right now. We're probably not going to the playoffs. Anything good that happens from here on out is sort of house money, and then we'll reassess next year. And I think that that's, you know, that's not a, a terrible strategy, but I don't love it because it just sort of assumes that, number one, Mac Jones isn't ready to go week one, and everyone talked about how NFL-ready he is. That was his big uh, scouting report this year in the draft as well. You know, Trevor yeah, yeah. Lawrence, and after him, Mac Jones is the guy who's the most ready to play in the NFL. So, I don't know. I'd, I'd start him week one, but if the Patriots decide they're going to give Cam Newton a month, you know, you were a good soldier last year. We got these new weapons on offense. 
We'll give you a shot. It's probably the last shot you're going to get. I could see them doing that. And who knows, maybe Cam plays better with these new uh, tight ends and wide receivers to throw to. But if not, then you got to go to Mac. I think, right after that. Yeah, I think there's no way they start him right off the bat. You know, ideally for us, for, I mean, I, I would love it too, you know, just starting him right away. But I think to your point, you know, it's just like he stood by um, Belichick so much, Cam Newton, that, you know, I think he's going to ride with him for a little bit, give him, give him, that, give him, them, give him that time to, to do something with the new uh, repertoire we have. And that leads right into my next question. Um, what's your favorite free agency acquisition for the Patriots? I think it's probably uh, Matthew Judon. I mean, I, I like the guys on offense, oh, yeah. but Judon to me is a real difference maker on the defensive side of the ball, and I always just feel a little bit better generally about Bill's defensive free agent signings. And I know that that's not always smart because Adelius Thomas was a big high-ticket free agent signing who also came from Baltimore and kind of plays that same position. So, like, Judon may end up not being good, but I liked him a lot in Baltimore, and I think that he's a uh, – a good player and a guy that's going to make a difference on that line. And they really needed it. And the offense needed a lot of help too. It's hard for me to get too psyched up about John Smith and Hunter Henry. I like both those guys. They're obviously better than any tight end the Patriots have, but considering how much you paid for both of them, it's hard to be too jazzed up about it. Cause if you yeah, look at their yeah. numbers, like Smith and Henry have good numbers, but they're not great. They're not like Gronk or Kelsey or Tony Gonzalez or any of those guys, you know, like they're good numbers. They're good players, but they got paid like they're the two best tight ends in the league. And, like, that's, you know, that's a big sort of gamble. So I don't love that. I don't love Aguilar and Bourne. I mean, those guys are pretty good, and maybe they'll end up surprising me. But I don't I don't let them love either one of them in their last stops. And I don't know who else. They got the safety from the Eagles. And, yeah, I don't know, Judon. Judon's my guy. I like the Judon signing the most. That's music to my ears. That That's the exact same way I feel. I think um... – there's a lot of people saying he was kind of like a product of the system in Baltimore because they just run so much blitz and that type stuff. But no, he's a he's a pure player. He's he's definitely uh he's definitely going to make a huge impact on the defense. I think so. Um, I know the yeah, NFL. They haven't, had I, that. they haven't had a guy off the edge, you know, like a, a really strong edge rusher like that since Trey Flowers. You know, I mean, it's been a couple of years, so I think that's a, a void that Bill's been looking to fill for a while now, and I think he'll do a good job there. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and um, I know the NFL has been hyping things up, saying this 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 might be the best season uh, ever. Uh, is this the most excited you've ever been for an NFL season? Just like as we speak right now. I don't know. I mean, I'm excited for it. I don't know if I'm more excited than any other year. I think last year, even just because there was no sports, and then the NFL started up, that was probably just as exciting. You know, like. I guess the other sports did come back before the NFL did, but they were the first ones to come back and play a full season. You know, like you had the NBA and the NHL sort of suspend and then come back and finish off their season with those weird bubbles. You had Major League Baseball play for two months, and then last year you had a full NFL season, which no one really thought would happen. I'd say that one and uh, the season after Deflategate were probably the two I look forward to the most. This one, I mean – I don't know, like, I'm looking forward to Patriots-Bucks, but I think the Bucks are going to kick their ass. Like, from a Patriots fan perspective, like, yeah, I'm interested in seeing what this new team looks like, but I was interested in seeing that last year, too, and it ended up looking like crap. So, I I don't know, I'm tempering my expectations. (laughs) I'm not, I'm excited. I'm kind of just talking more of, like, um, more of just generally, too, just, like, more of, like, neutral site games and stuff. Do you think they're going to be a lot better or just, like, more? you'll be more interested in them? 
I don't know. I mean, sure, they're going to play in London, right? A couple other places. Like, that's fine. None of that stuff really ever does much for me, though. Like, you got to play. You got to get up early and watch the game. <laughs> like, you know, oh, yeah, they're playing in, uh, in Mexico City or something like that. Like, that's cool. It's cool for the people who live there. It doesn't do a whole lot for me. I'm, I don't travel with the team or anything. So, yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> football, NFL football is one of those sports that's really only popular in the United States. So, I think whatever they do to sort of uh, spread that around is cool. And, you know, think about it. Like, soccer is really popular, but it's not that popular in the U.S. Football is really popular in the U.S., but not really anywhere else. So I think there's uh, there's something to be said for having these, you know, out-of-country games and, and things like that. I think that's cool, and people are getting more into it internationally. But I don't know. As far as I know, I've, I've had football in my life my entire life, all 39 years of it. So it's not – the novelty of it's kind of lost on me, I guess. All righty. Um, here's two layups for you. Are the Falcons idiots if they trade Julio Jones? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, Julio Jones has been there, what, 12 years, something like that. And they've tried. I mean, they've, they've got the one Super Bowl. They ended up losing. I think, uh, you know, he's always had a pretty good quarterback thrown to him and Matt Ryan. The time has probably come to see what you can get for him if you're planning on trading him. I mean, the Falcons are one of those teams that usually starts the year pretty well and then completely tailspins out in the second half. So, I mean, I don't see oh, any I'm reason. I'm surprised. I thought you wouldn't be. Uh, I thought you would. You wouldn't be on that side of things there. No, they should trade them. I mean, they're kind of a dead end team anyway. Like, Maximize if, the if asset wanna... right now. You know, right? Exactly. And while well, you still can, you know, otherwise you end up with Larry Fitzgerald, 38, 39 years old, whatever he is, in the Cardinals. <laughs> Nobody wants him, and you can't get anything back for him, and so you're stuck you know, throwing him out there and talking about what a great professional he is, even though you keep drafting all these other wide receivers to replace him and he won't retire. Like that's not a great spot to be in either, especially when guys make big money like Jones does. So yeah, I think the Falcons aren't stupid for trying to trade him. I don't think anybody really in the NFL is a hundred percent untradeable for the right deal. You could trade anyone. So yeah, I think Jones, uh, I don't think the Falcons will be dumb for doing it. I think they may be dumb for waiting this long to do it. Yeah. 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 They should have cashed in at the draft, but, um, Here's another one up the same line. Uh, are the Packers, Packers idiots if they trade Aaron Rodgers? Well, no, because, I mean, they're idiots for other reasons, but not if they trade Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Rodgers basically told them, we, I don't want to be here. I want you to trade me. I want to get out of here. Uh, he's telling free agents not to come to Green Bay because he wasn't going to be playing there. Like, there's, there's a real issue there, and I'm not even sure it's Green Bay's fault, like, Aaron Rodgers is kind of a weird guy. He's definitely a guy. He kind of marches to the beat of his own drum. He holds grudges against people. He shuts people out of his life, like his family and his brother and all these other people. You know, like he's he's an interesting guy. Like, I don't I don't know. The book on Aaron Rodgers is uh, is a weird one. He has all these weird relationships that are very public, but then end weirdly. And like you know, I just I don't know what his deal is. So. I'm not sure it's Green Bay's fault, but I do think at this point they got to do something because they clearly have a disgruntled player who's not afraid to use his vast amount of fame and influence to kind of guide his way out of town and manipulate the situation so it's favorable for him. So I think Green Bay just assume uh, get what they can for him before this gets even to be an even worse situation than it is right now. Yeah, and it's kind of weird that they went after, uh, well, not weird, I guess they had to do kind of do it, but go after Blake Bortles. <laughs> um, right. Not the best situation for them, but uh, hopefully Jordan Love pans out, I guess. Um, I've always been kind of a little fan of the Packers. Um, 
But uh, do you hate the Dallas Cowboys? That's my next question for you. Do I hate the Dallas Cowboys? No, I used to when I was younger because the Patriots were terrible and the Cowboys were like the best team for a few years. And so just as an angry Patriots fan, I, I hated them. But I don't know. I've never really like they their glory days were in like the seventy, you know, like uh, Staubach and all those guys. So I never really we had a couple of years, you know, when we were kids, Josh, you and me, when like Aikman and Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin were running everything. But that was kind of in between the Forty ers and a couple other things there. Like they were good, but I never really developed that much hate for them. I I never did. I don't know. I I like Dak Prescott. I like the team now actually. Um, and for a lot of years, they just weren't very good. They missed the playoffs a bunch. Like, there wasn't anything to hate there. So I understand why people hate them, but it's never really been my th- – I think Jerry Jones is a jackass. But I never, uh, yeah, yeah, never yeah. really developed too much hate for the team outside of that. All right, I got you. I'm, I'm with you. I like this team nowadays, and I, I kind of hope they have a little bit of success. So it's a, it's a good game once they uh, get to playing us. And um, what's your second favorite game on the schedule that's been released uh, yesterday? Uh, besides the Bucks and the Patriots, because that's obviously the best game. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's definitely the best one. I'd say, I don't know, maybe the uh, Cam Newton-Carolina reunion, week nine, like there's one there. Ooh. Everyone talks about Tom Brady coming back to Foxborough for the first time, but Cam Newton's going back to Carolina on the ninth. The only difference is, you know for sure, Brady, unless he's injured, is going to be playing in week four. <clears throat> Cam Newton may be benched by the time we get to week nine, so that would probably ruin that whole narrative. But in the event that he does go and play there, I think there's you know, something for a guy at the end of his career going back and playing in the old stadium where he spent most of his uh, time. And you know, Cam Newton's Patriots tenure I don't think is going to be remembered all that fondly when his legacy comes and goes. But you know, for those Carolina fans, he meant a lot to them. He took them to a Super Bowl. He was the MVP. He was first overall pick. He gave them some good, good years. Didn't win anything. But I guess that's probably it. Other than that, I don't know. Cleveland's. I like okay, that matchup. That's I always, one I was looking at too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say those two are the only other ones that uh, that light up my uh, schedule at all. All right, here's my final NFL question for you. Then we'll move on to the NBA. Uh, just uh, cool. I got a couple qu- NBA questions for you. But uh, do you plan on buying any N- tickets to any of these Patriots games? Or um, well, I. <laughs> Maybe. I, I just looked and, and saw that the uh, Week 4 Buccaneers tickets, do you know what they're selling for? They're selling for, like, Super Bowl prices. I think. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. They were saying that on Zoe and Beetle, yeah. Yeah, I, I heard someone mention it to me, and someone texted me what they were saying on Zoe and Beetle. Uh, so probably not that one, but uh, I don't know. I don't go to a lot of Patriots games anyway. I've, uh, you know, usually I work on Sunday with the show and, things like that. I don't, I don't cover the games and uh, I'm not part of the broadcast. So it's not, it, it, I, the last game I went to was uh, Brady's last game against the Titans in the playoffs. And I just oh, went wow. with a couple of friends of mine. We got some, I got some tickets through work and went with a couple of friends and uh, we had a great time. We tailgated and all that with his buddies from Foxborough and had a nice time there. But uh, yeah, I just, I remember thinking when I was there, like, man, I should go to more games. Like tailgating's fun. It's like a good time. And I just, I don't know, I just haven't been to that many. I go to a lot of Celtics games, a lot of Red Sox games, a lot of Bruins games. They're just right in the city. It's easier. Although, I don't know, now I live, I just moved the last week. I live a little bit closer to Foxborough now, so maybe it won't seem like such a hike. Maybe I'll go to more this year because I'm a little bit closer. (laughs) All right, that's good news there. All right, we'll move on to the NBA right now and obviously talk about the Celtics. And uh, Do you think the Celtics are cooked, man? Because I think they are. 
I think the Celtics have been cooked for a couple weeks now. I jumped off board, Josh, when they lost to OKC. I don't know if you were listening that night, but when they lost to the Thunder, I officially threw in the towel and said I can't with these guys anymore. If they can't even raise their game enough to go out there and, and take care of business against this Thunder team, who at the time had lost 14 in a row and have lost – Oh, yeah, I remember that I game, yeah. Eight. Yeah, they've lost uh, 22 of their last 23 games. The one win was against the Celtics. Like, that's pathetic. They're, pathetic. They're a pathetic team. And they've had injuries, sure, but so has every other team in the East. Like, the Nets have had way more injuries than them. The 76ers have had more injuries. The Heat have had more injuries. Uh, you know, I just I don't buy that at all. J- Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are their two best players, and the two of them played most of the year. So there's really no excuse as far as that's concerned. I think that it was a – this whole season's been a failure from top to bottom. I think that Danny Ainge assembled a pretty weak roster – around Brown and Tatum. I think that uh, Brad Stevens has lost that locker room. I think that Marcus Smart has been an absolute uh, liability out there on both sides of the ball, you know, offensively and defensively. I think he's really fallen off this season. Tristan Thompson's not good. That's sort of more a Danny Ainge problem. But And even, you know, Brown and Tatum, like, I think Brown's tough. He's played through a lot this year. You know, he's had four different serious injuries, and he's played through them. But, you know that that's going to hurt his trade value. It's going to hurt his his future going forward with all those all those injuries. He had a shoulder thing, a knee thing, an ankle thing, and then he wrist surgery to end the year. Like that's that's Gronkowski levels of injury right there. Remember when Gronk? Yeah, had like, yeah. <laughs> he had like the bar, the metal plate in his arm, and then he had the knee, and he had the concussion, and it's like all these things. He had back surgery. That's sort of what Jalen Brown went through this year, and that sucks. Like he's young. And to be that riddled with injuries at 24 years old is uh, is not a good sign going forward. And as far as Jason Tatum's concerned, I mean, we know he's a great player, but he can't lead a team anywhere right now. He's just he hasn't broken through yet. And these guys act like they've broken through and that this is, you know, this is just how it is. But this is a 500 team. This is a, the most disappointing team in the NBA. And I don't think there's a close second. You know, I think the Celtics are the most yeah, easily, disappointing easily. team in the league. And that's something that they're going to have to live with. That's an institutional failure from top to bottom. And I don't know exactly what the answer is in terms of what to change for next year, but you got to change. you got to make substantial changes, I think. Uh, that substantial was my next changes. question. Should they peel someone off the team? Um, should it be Tatum, Brown, um, Ainge, or Stevens? I certainly wouldn't want it to be um, Tatum or Stevens, but I could see Brown or Ainge going. Yeah, I think um, with uh, with Stevens. Well, with I mean, those injury coaches, issues, like you mentioned, sorry to cut you off with Brown. It's going to be hard to get rid of him. But, but go ahead, sorry. Yeah, that's actually something we talked about the other night. Is that Jalen Brown, even though he's a great player and a good young player, all those injuries. I mean, if I'm a team, I'm not giving up my best assets for for him with that kind of risk there. I don't know that he's going to be able to, to last the season. I don't know what you know the future's going to be for him. He signed for a few more years, but not at like a great deal. He has a pretty you know hefty contract, and he'll be eligible for the max in like three years. So like that's that's sort of a tough one there. And I'm not even saying you got to trade Jalen Brown. I just assume they keep Brown and Tatum together and put better players around them. But that's proven to be pretty difficult. Kemba Walker, I mean he's a he's a black hole in terms of that roster and you know, how much money he's making and, and just how infrequently he's available. Like, that's that was a big mistake, I think, to give Kemba Walker all that money. And, you know, it was a mistake not to get anything for Gordon Hayward. Like, there's been some real missteps here by Danny Ainge. And I think even, you know, 
by uh, by the coach and, and the players alike. Like I, I don't know how exactly you fix all this. I don't think you blow up the entire team, but this is a bad, bad trend. This is a step in the wrong direction. And generally, when good teams, talented teams, have a season like this, heads roll in the off season. So I expect there to be changes. I don't know what they're going to be. Um, I really hope that you know they don't blow up the roster completely. I don't think they will. Unless Danny Ainge goes and they bring in somebody they else. They usually don't, the right? They usually right. just freaking, they'll keep the 15th guy on the roster. <laughs> yeah, and that's sort of an Ainge thing. So, like, if they, unless they bring in someone else to do the rebuild and he blows up the roster, I'd imagine you're going to see a lot of the same guys back. If, you know, Kendrick Perkins is on to something, then maybe you'll see a Marcus Smart trade. But what kind of value does Marcus Smart have right now? He's had a terrible year. And, you know, he keeps getting these texts and, he got suspended for threatening a ref. I'm like, he can't, he's shooting terribly. Like his defensive rating is the lowest it's ever been. There's nothing really to like or to celebrate about this team outside of those two guys. And one of them, Jalen Brown is riddled with injuries. So, I mean, there's no easy answers here, Josh, the Celtics are in trouble. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So let's move on in the NHL real quick. And then I have um, the MLB and then my six random question segment for you. But, um, NHL, just Bruins talk, obviously, but are the Bruins a legitimate title contender? Um, Yeah, I'd say they're a contender in the sense that uh, they didn't just back into the playoffs and they're a team with some postseason pedigree. Like, I'd say they're a contender, sure. I I don't know if they're going to make it to the end or not, but I think they have just as good a chance as some of these other teams do, the Islanders or the Penguins or uh, whatever. It's tough that they got the Capitals in the first round because that's probably the toughest matchup. And uh, I just assume wait and see if some other team can pick them off in the earlier rounds, which has happened in 2019. I mean, remember that the Capitals lost in the first round, the Lightning lost in the first round, uh, and the Bruins had this nice path to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't think you're going to see that again this year. But if they can get the Capitals out of the way, if they can beat them in round one, I think the sky's the limit. I think they can beat anybody if they can beat uh, you know Ovechkin and Wilson and the rest of those. Washington Capitol goons there in round one. I think that would really do a lot for their uh, confidence and their uh, talent and everything else. And, you know, we'll see. There's some other issues on this team, like who's going to be the goaltender and and whatever. But I think, uh, yeah, they're contenders, sure. I'm with you there. I'm totally with you. Um, Do you think David Krejci is overrated? Uh, Not really. I think this year he was kind of underrated. He didn't score much. Um, but he definitely did a nice job on that second line without much help. Uh, and then when the help came, you see what they're doing now. I mean, now they're just they're they're great. Uh, that second line's terrific with him and uh, uh, Smith and um, Taylor Hall. So like I, I don't know. I I've thought in the past that David Krejci was maybe a little overpaid and someone that they should have looked to move on from. But he's been he's been sort of a nice fixture on that second line and despite the fact that they had some real issues to start the year, he's, he's been pretty steady and I, I like what they're doing now. I think that they did a good job of surrounding him with guys that he can feed and it's, uh, it's really paid off in the, in the play of that line. Uh, I wanted your thoughts too on, uh, what's his name? Jeremy Swayman, right? The goalie. Yes. Um, I know you've seen way more Bruins games than me. How do you like him? What, 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 uh, what intrigues you about him? Well, his there's a couple of things that I really like about him. One is his aggressiveness. He's uh, he's very sort of eager to 
throw himself at the puck and uh, and sort of even jump out of the net sometimes to to get ahead of something or to try and shut off a uh, a breakaway or something like that. He's he's very aggressive. He's very quick. He's got you know great reaction time and uh, active stick, active glove. Like I I'm a fan of his. I think that he is. Uh, he's got youth on his side and sort of that you know just. Split second because you know how fast, you know what it is in hockey how how fast that game goes is a split second and he's really really quick to react. Um, I like that a lot. I, I think that um, his uh, his overall demeanor is kind of fun. Most hockey goalies, I think, Josh, are kind of touched in the head. You know, like I think you have to be kind of crazy to be a goalie in hockey, and most of them are. I don't know if you ever met any goalies, but every goalie I ever met was kind of a crazy person. So I think Swayman sort of fits that mold. He's like laid back, but he's also kind of grinning and smiling at all these random times. He's like the Joker kind of. You know, <laughs> he laughs and like all this stuff at like random times. But uh, yeah, he's got he's on a plant based diet, which I also think is interesting. And, um, yeah, I think okay. he's the future of that position. And I think there's a chance, a, a real chance, Josh, that you might see him in these playoffs, either if Tuca has an injury or has to deal with something or just if he himself. just has a couple bad games in a row. If he has a couple bad games in a row, I don't think that Sweeney will hesitate to go to Swayman. All right. That's what I like to hear. Good uh, scouting report on him. We'll move to the MLB and obviously talk, obviously talk uh, Red Sox. And are you surprised by their performance thus far? Uh, yeah, actually, I am. I thought it would be a little bit of a tougher first month. Now, I don't think that their performance has been earth-shattering, like they're not world beaters here, but they do have one of the better records in baseball, and uh, I, I think a lot of that is attributed to that big nine-game win streak they went on to start the year. I think they're going to have to have another win streak at some point soon, though, if they want to maintain their status as one of these teams in the American League, or really in all of baseball that you have to take seriously because I don't know if you noticed, but the Yankees are right behind them. The Yankees were down like five, six games and they've won yep, eight of yep. the last 10. And now they're, I think a game back. So the Red Sox need to keep their eye on that rear view mirror and, and realize that, yeah, that nine game win streak was real nice there to start the year. And that put you in first place and kept you there for a while. But since then they've been about 500, I think a little less, uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to show that that wasn't a fluke. You're gonna have to show that that's something you can do more than once, or at the very least, you know, string together a couple of wins in a row because they're not winning a lot of series. They're on the verge of getting swept today by the uh, Oakland A's. I, I'm I'm a little concerned because I do think they have some real holes in that lineup. Uh, the bottom of the lineup on offense stinks. Most of the bullpen stinks. Back end of the rotation kind of stinks. Like there's there's really room for improvement all up and down the roster. So. With that being said, if you if you can sort of get past that and go on a win streak, it's not going to matter. But I also wonder how capable they are of even doing that again. Yeah, they can certainly smack the hell out of the ball, but um, that pitching and and um, you know it's it's it remains to be seen, obviously. But uh, my next my last question for you before we get into the six random questions before we have the fun there um, are baseball games too long for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, sure, they have been for a long time, but I don't know. I feel like... Are you, you kind of like the guy to... like I am? Like, if you don't want to watch it, don't friggin' turn it on. No, That's I do. I, I mean, I want to watch it. I'll watch the games. I just feel like it's, you know, <laughs> four hours is a long time. And, uh, you know, like you get older and 
it's tougher to pay attention. And I feel like young people just don't have that kind of attention span. So it makes it hard to grow the game. And, you know, you can say that, well, if you don't like it, don't watch. And then young people are just going to say, okay, fine, we're not going to watch. And the sport's going to die and that's going to suck. So I think you have to adapt with the times in some ways, you know, you have to, you have to try and keep things going. The problem is baseball has tried. They've tried a lot of different ways to speed the game up. None of it works. And I just don't know if there's any way to save them at this point. All righty. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Um, I'm with you. It's too long if you try to watch the full nine innings, obviously, but I'm not one of those guys. I'll just pop in and I'll check the score. You know, sometimes I even watch neutral site baseball more than the Sox, but the Sox mm-hmm. are pretty decent this year, so that might change. But now we get into the fun. Now we get into the six random questions for you. Nice. Question number one, what's your favorite vacation spot? Oh, my favorite vacation spot. Let's see. Uh, the place I've gone to the most is probably Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire. Um, oh, lovely. I love it up there. A, uh, yeah, my family's had a place up there since like the 1950s. So uh, it's like me and my cousins and my aunts and uncles and my grandparents. and It's just this little house up on the uh, on the lake that we've been going to my whole life, basically. So that's one of them. And also, not this past year, but the year before, uh, I got married last summer, and before I got married in February, right before COVID hit, I had my bachelor party down in New Orleans. And I don't know if you've ever been to New Orleans, Josh, but if you have, uh, if you haven't, you should go, because it is one of the f- most fun places I've ever been. I was only there for a couple of days, and we spent the whole time... Oh, I'm dying to go there, baby. <laughs> ...drinking and eating and going to strip clubs and get, eating beignets, but we, it was one of the most... Incre- I kind like, of life right fun. there. It is a really fun place, and uh, I think about it all the time. I really do. I think about New Orleans because they got really rocked by COVID, too. So I'll say uh, my main favorite place is uh, up in uh, New Hampshire, but after that, New Orleans. Both places with new in them are my two favorite spots. (laughs) Hell, yeah. All right, question number two for you. Your favorite arcade game other than Papa Shot? Uh, Well, Papa Shot's obviously number one. I'd say after that, uh, it'd be a tie between NBA Jam and Street Fighter 2. And when I was a kid, I used to go to arcades and you'd wait in line, you know, to to play those games. And NBA Jam, when it came out, was, like, really revolutionary. Like, that game, that game, like, blew everyone's mind. Uh, Street Fighter 2 was fun, too. And that was more competitive and people would just lie. You know, you'd see a line down the block of people waiting to get into a pizza place to play Street Fighter 2. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I loved that. And I, that, was, that was always cool. Mortal Kombat's another one. Street Fighter 2 was always more my game though than Mortal Kombat. I just liked it better. I thought the controls were better. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, Go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, NBA, I was going to say, I, like, I really like Street Fighter 2, but uh, I never really indulged in too much NBA Jam, but... Um, I always hear from everybody that it's friggin' amazing. Oh, it's really fun. It's it's kind of bullshit. Like if you're playing the computer, the computer cheats. You know, like they if you're like up by ten, the computer will just like rip the ball from you like five straight times and dunk. And there's nothing you can't stop them. Like it's just one of those things. It's all kind of <laughs> like it all seems very predetermined when you're playing the computer. But when you're playing somebody else, when it's like you versus your friend then uh, it's a different story. And that's what we used to do. we just mob up and go play NBA Jam for hours and hours at a time. And there was an NHL version of NBA Jam, too, which I forget what it was called. But it was like two-on-two with a goalie. And uh, you skated around and, like, set up, like, one-timers. And the puck would catch on fire and stuff. Like, it was pretty – that was pretty fun, too. And I liked NFL Blitz. NFL Blitz was another good one. 
Yeah, I think NFL Blitz and NFL Street, I think. Um, that's what it makes me think of, NBA Jam, I think. Um, I think it was NFL Street. That was a good one. Um, but uh, I like I like the response to that question. All right, question number three for you. Your favorite item off a Chinese food menu. Um, oh, boy, I have a lot of different ones. Because uh, I have a clear number to... one. A clear number one for me is probably shumai. Those shrimp dumplings, Ooh. I could eat about a million of those. I love dumplings. Any kind of dumpling, really. Uh, I could I could uh, take those to the house. Uh, Peking ravioli, uh, shumai, uh, sausage pork dumpling, whatever. Any kind of dumpling I could I could mess with, I'd say. Uh, but after that, I'd probably go with, like, uh, lo mein. I'm a real big lo mein guy. And oh. uh, I also like um, I also like egg drop soup a lot. <laughs> okay, okay, those are some good ones. What's See, mine is crab rangoons. I freaking love the hell I like out of rangoon. crab rangoons. I like those too, but I can only eat like a couple of them because I don't know that much cream cheese kind of fucks with my stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you there. <clears throat> Alrighty, um, question number four for you. Which Trailer Park Boy character is your favorite? Oh man, that's like asking who my favorite child is. I'd say uh in terms of in terms of the boys, it's Ricky. I think Ricky's just the most naturally funny. But in the whole show, I think it's Leahy. I think Leahy's just so hilarious. And the, probably one of the best drunks of all time. Rest in peace by the way to John Dunsworth. I met him once. Uh him and Randy were doing a show in Alston at uh at um uh, it used to be called Harper's Ferry. I forget what it's called now. Brighton Music Club or something like that. And me and my now wife, one of our very early dates, we went to go see Leahy and Randy do a live show. And my wife wasn't really much of a Trailer Park Toys fan. And I honestly thought that she walked out. She went to the bathroom, and there's like a little bar in the back at Harper's Ferry, and there was all these other girlfriends there who got dragged to this Trailer Park Toys show. And they were all sort of commiserating. And I looked up and I realized, oh God, like she's been gone for a while. I bet she left me here. <laughs> but I was just, I was just, you know, a few drinks in, and everyone was partying. And then uh, she came back, and afterwards, I paid an extra twenty bucks. I got to meet Leahy and Randy. And uh, Leahy, uh, this is when I was working at WEI. I gave uh, Leahy my info, and I was like, hey. I have you on my show. And he's like, what kind of show is it? I said, it's a sports show. And he goes, well, what the hell do you want me to come on it for? I was like, I don't know. I'm just a big fan. And so he's like, here, here's my number. And I called him the next time I was on the air. And I did a whole interview with, uh, with him, which I checked is not on EEI.com anymore. I can't believe it. Oh, it man. I would have loved to have had that uh, interview, especially now that he's no longer with us. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a big moment for me in my broadcast career. <laughs> Yeah, that's epic, man. Um, all right, question number five for you. Would you ever go uh, zip lining? Uh, I have been zip lining before when I was younger, and it's all right. I don't know if I go again. I don't really, you know, like it's cool for a few seconds, but then you're like stuck on the thing and you're just hanging there. I don't know. I kind of feel like a jackass. I I'm not I'm not <laughs> against it, but I don't know if I'd like spend money on it. You know, like I don't know. If, if everyone was doing it and, like, the, someone had an extra ticket or, like, a Groupon or some shit, I'd be like, all right, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, make a point of going out and doing it and spending my own money on it. All righty, we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, question number six, the last uh, question in the six-pack of random questions. Um, your dream summer concert for this year, if, if you had an artist that would come out to Boston or wherever to do a concert, what would it be? Uh, it has to be people who are alive. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so current uh, musicians right now that I would really like to see this summer. Oh, boy, that's, uh, huh, let's see. Um, you know who I'd really like to see is Run the Jewels. I've never seen, I've seen LP a bunch, uh, and I've seen Killer Mike, um, you know, separately, but I've never seen them. That was a long time ago, and I haven't seen them since they started their group. So it'd be cool to see them. I'm a big fan of theirs. Uh, let's see, who else? Um, you know, I saw Hootie and the Blowfish a couple years ago. Great was that was a good show. Um, oh hell yeah! Yeah, that was it was much better than I thought. It was them and like I want to say the Bare Naked Ladies or maybe the Goo Goo Dolls, something like that. I forget who opened for them. We got there late, but it was a good show. Uh, let's see who else. You know what I'd like to see is like uh, for a summer concert, like slightly stupid or like some reggae band or something like that. Like that'd be cool. I'd like to go to like a like a, re- a summer reggae fest. Like that'd be fun. I haven't done that in a while. Um, yeah, something like that. That'd be cool. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. How about you, man? What do you want to see? I mean, I would be into, I don't know. It's it's kind of tough for a summer concert because it's like you got to find a good, like, party type. You got to find a good party type uh, band or something. So, I don't know. It, it, it remains to be seen. I'm going to leave that one, uh, you know, I, I'd rather. But um, if I had my choices, I guess. You know, it's kind of weak here, but it'd be Taylor Swift or it'd be nice. Coldplay again. Um, they were great. I saw them in concert. They were fantastic. Um, I don't know. It, you know, um, I like Kesha. She was great. I've seen her twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Remember you know who I'd like seen, to see? But... You know who I'd like to see live is uh, Outkast. Outcast would be good. I don't know if they were still rocking, doing their thing, but... Um, oh, they're still, I mean, they're both still alive, so they technically could if they wanted to, but yeah, that, that's you know, a show. I'm a big like Wiz Khalifa fan. I'd love to see Wiz Khalifa. Mm-hmm. Big Drake fan, so... Got a lot of different interests in music, but uh, it was great talking to you today, today man, and, um, you know, thanks for coming on again, and I always appreciate it, and uh, I'm really blessed for this, and uh, it was a great time with you. Yeah, Josh, always good talking to you, buddy. Keep up the good work, and uh, I'll talk to you again later. You guys have a full fivesies tonight? Bet your ass we do. Tomorrow, too. Hell, yeah. I'll be I'll be tuned in. I might call in, so uh, we'll, talk, <laughs> right. we'll talk again soon. <laughs> full circle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, Josh, thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem, man. Take care. All right, bye-bye.